Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Chip in Tampa, Florida, on January 20th, 2006. American Indian Fairy Tales, collected by Henry R. Schoolcraft, and retold by W. T. Larned. Grasshopper There was once a merry young Indian who could jump so high, and who played so many pranks, that he came to be known as Grasshopper. He was a tall, handsome fellow, always up to mischief of one kind or another, and, though his tricks were sometimes amusing, he carried them much too far, and so, in time, he came to grief. Grasshopper owned all the things that an Indian likes most to have. In his lodge were all sorts of pipes and weapons, ermine and other choice furs, deerskin shirts wrought with porcupine quills, many pairs of beaded moccasins, and more wampum belts than one person could have honestly come by. The truth is, Grasshopper did not get these things by his courage and skill as a hunter. He got them by shaking pieces of colored bone and wood in a wooden bowl and throwing them on the ground. That is to say, Grasshopper was a gambler, and such a lucky gambler that he easily won from others with his game of bowl encounters the things that they had obtained by risking their lives in the hunt. If people put up with his ways, and even laughed at some of his mad pranks, it was because he could dance so well. Never had there been such a dancer. When there was a wedding to be celebrated, or some feast following a successful hunt, then who but Grasshopper could so well supply the entertainment? He could dance with a step so light that it seemed to leave no mark upon the earth. He could dance as the Indian dances when he goes to war, or when he holds a festival in honor of the corn, but the dance in which he excelled was a furious dizzy dance with leaps and bounds that fairly turned the heads of the beholders. It was then that Grasshopper became a kind of human whirlwind. As he spun round and round, his revolving body drew up the dry leaves and the dust, till the dancer all but faded from view, and you saw instead what looked like a whirling cloud. Once, when the great Manitou, named Manabozo, took a wife and came to live with the tribe that he might teach them best how to live, Grasshopper danced at the wedding. The beggar's dance, it was called, and such a dance! On the shores of the big sea-water Gitchigumi are heaps of sand rising into little hills known as dunes. Had you asked Iagu, he would have told you that these dunes were the work of Grasshopper, who whirled the sands together and piled them into hills as he spun madly around in his dance at Manabozo's wedding. But though Grasshopper came to the wedding and danced this crazy beggar's dance, it seems probable that he did it more to please himself than to show his skill than to honor the great Manabozo. Grasshopper really had no respect for anybody. 
when Iagu's grandfather was in the middle of some interesting story and had come to the most exciting part, Grasshopper likely as not would yawn and stretch himself and say in a loud whisper that he had heard it all before. So, too, with Manabozo, this great Manitou, who was the son of the west wind, Mujikiwis, had magic powers, which he used for the good of the tribe. It was he who fasted and prayed that his people might be given food other than the wild things of the woods, and whose prayer was answered with the gift of the Indian corn. Then, when Kagaji, king of the ravens, flew down with his band of black Thebes to tear up the seed in the ground, it was Manabozo who snared him, and tied him fast to the ridgepole of his lodge to croak out a warning to the others. But Manabozo's goodness and wisdom had little effect on Grasshopper. Pooh, he would say. Why should an Indian bother his head with planting corn when he can draw his bow and kill good fat deer? Then he shook his wolfskin pouch and rattled the pieces of bone and wood. As long as I have these, he said to himself, I need nothing more. After all, it is everybody else that works for the man who knows how to use his head. He walked through the village very proud and straight with his fan of turkey feathers, a swan's plume fastened in his long black hair, and the tails of foxes trailing from his heels. In his white deerskin shirt edged with ermine, his leggings and moccasins ornamented with beads and porcupine quills, he cut a fine figure. There was to be a dance that night, and Grasshopper, who was a great dandy and a favorite with all the young girls and women, had decked himself out for the occasion. He had painted his face with streaks of blue and vermilion. His blue-black hair parted in the middle and glistening with oil hung to his shoulders in braids, plaited with a sweet grass. The warriors might call him Shagodaya, a coward, and make jokes at his expense, but he did not care. Could he not beat them all when it came to playing ball or quoits? And were not the maidens all in love with his good looks? Meanwhile, Grasshopper wished to pass the time in some pleasant way. Glancing through the door of a lodge, he saw a group of young men seated on the ground, listening to one of old Iago's stories. Ha! he cried. Have you nothing better to do? Here's a game worth playing. And he drew from his pouch the thirteen pieces of bone and wood, and juggled them from one hand to the other. But no one paid any attention to him. After all, Grasshopper had more brains in his heels than in his head. For once he had been too cunning. Fearing his skill, no one could be found who would play with him. Pooh! muttered Grasshopper as he turned away. I see how it is. The pious Manabozo has been preaching to them again. This village is getting to be pretty tiresome to live in. It's about time for me to strike out and find a place where the young men don't sit around and talk to the squaws. He walked along, bent on mischief. Even the dance was forgotten. He wondered what he could do to amuse himself. As he came to the outskirts of the village, he passed the lodge of Manabozo. I would like to play him some trick, he said under his breath, so he will remember me when I am gone. But he was well aware that Manabozo was much more powerful than himself, so he hesitated, 
not knowing exactly what to do. At last he walked softly to the doorway and listened, but could hear no sound of voices. Good, he said with a grin, perhaps nobody is at home. With that he spun around at the outside of the lodge on one leg, raising a great cloud of dust. No one came out. But on the ridge-pole of the lodge the captive Kagaji, king of the ravens, flapped his big black wings and screamed with a hoarse, rasping cry. "'Fool!' cried Grasshopper. "'Noisy fool!' With a bound he leaped over the lodge, and then back again, at which the ravens screamed even more harshly than ever. But within the lodge all was silent. Grasshopper grew bolder. Going to the doorway again, he rattled the flap of buffalo hide. Nobody answered. So cautiously, drawing the curtain to one side, he ventured to peer in. Then he chuckled softly. The lodge was empty. This is my chance, he exclaimed. Manabosa was away, and so is his foolish wife. I'll just pay my respects before they come back, and then I'll be off for good. Saying this, he went in and began to turn everything upside down. He threw all the bowls and kettles in the corner, filled the drinking gourds with ashes from the fire, flung the rich furs and embroidered garments this way and that, and strewed the floor with wampum, belts, and arrows. When he finished, one might have thought a crazy man had been there. No woman in the village was more neat or orderly than the wife of Manabozo, and Grasshopper knew this would vex her more than anything else he could do. Now for Manabozo, he grinned as he left the lodge, well pleased with the mischief he had wrought. Caw! Caw! screamed the king of the ravens. Caw! answered Grasshopper, mocking him. A pretty sort of pet you are. Does Manabozo keep you sitting there because you are so handsome, or is it because of your beautiful voice? And with that he made a leap to the ridge.